you can come in like, hey, I just I have a new partner. I just want to get tested. And they do come back positive and it's normal. But we catch it, we treat it, and then that's it. Happiness, success, freedom, energy, fun, balance, strength, peace. It all stems from our physical and emotional well-being. You're in the right place for a healthy discussion with experts to show you the way. This is Be Well, a podcast from Crossover Health. Not sick is not enough. Being well is a movement to get the most we want out of life. In each of our episodes, we pick a health or lifestyle topic, bring in one of our doctors from the front lines, and have a real conversation. Be well, do good, enjoy life. What's up, everyone? This is Danielle Husevelt, Health Coach, Program Manager for Crossover Health, and you're in the right place for a healthy discussion. Just a reminder that the following presentation is for informational purposes only and is not intended nor implied to be substitute for professional medical advice. Please do not apply any of this information without first speaking with your doctor. Today's topic is so good, but be prepared to get a little uncomfy because we're going to be talking about sexually transmitted infections. This is not always the easiest conversation to have, but it's important and we're all adults. So let's do it. My guest today is Angela Rayo. She's from the East Bay out here in California, and she's been with Crossover now for a little over two years. And she started with Crossover as a new grad and now is a care team lead nurse. She's involved in multiple RN-led programs and specialties, including the STI, or Sexually Transmitted Infection Program, and is also involved in the allergy program. She's trained in sports medicine and dermatology, And when she's not at work, she loves playing with her puppy, Teddy, and cooking new things. Welcome, Angela. It's so good to have you here today. Thank you. I'm super glad to be here, Danielle. (laughs) This is such a good discussion. Okay, so first question. I grew up referring to these, these like sexually transmitted diseases, but there's sort of been a shift towards calling it STIs or sexually transmitted infections. Can you tell me more about why that shift happened? Definitely. One word that comes to mind, destigmatizing. And it has shifted to, like I said, destigmatize and get people to talk more about it. For me, in my experience, I think when I hear the word STD or or sexually transmitted disease, I kind of shudder a little bit because it takes me back to being a kid, being in that uncomfortable sex ed class, getting told don't have sex, you're going to get an STD. And I think that shifting to STI has made things a little bit less uncomfy. Yeah, well, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. You hear STD and, and also, yep, I can go back to that time of sitting in sex ed class and you'll get an STD and you'll have it forever. And it's the worst possible thing that can happen to you. And And like you said, like the shift to infection is like, okay, it's an infection, it's treatable, we'll do something about it, it's an infection, it's, it does take a little bit of the uh, stigma and the sting out of it. And so part of this conversation is really to try to get people comfortable talking about this topic. Right. And it Mm -hmm. seems like there's two places where we really 
need people to feel comfortable talking about this. And this is with their healthcare provider mm-hmm. and with their partners. So I want to start with like talking to your healthcare team. Um, we say that preventing the spread of STIs can be done with the three T's, talk, test, and treat. So let's start with healthcare providers. When should someone bring this up with their healthcare provider? And um, and like, how often should you bring this up with your healthcare provider? I think this question is something that is asked of a lot, kind of who should be getting these regular screenings? When should I? And what would be a reason why I am going to get tested? So basically the answer to who, anyone sexually active, anyone that has engaged in any type of sexual practice, whether that be with their monogamous partner, having multiple partners, it really is anyone sexually active. Based on some data that the CDC has collected, some of the groups that are more affected are young people aged 15 to 24, gay and bisexual men, pregnant people, um, racial and ethnic minority groups. Um, And a huge part of that is kind of just lack of education, lack of understanding and awareness. Those are the groups that are more affected. But like I said, who should be getting regular screenings, anyone sexually active and This can be brought up either at your yearly annual exam. If you aren't engaging in multiple partners, then bringing it up at your annual exam is great. Just getting tested whenever you come in. But if you are having multiple partners, you know, seeing multiple people every three to six months is what's recommended. Um, And then bringing it up to your healthcare provider is as easy as just say, hey, doc, I want to test or hey, nurse, I want to test. So a couple of things that I want to just point out when we're talking about being sexually active Again, some of us have a wide variety of um, of sexual education in the past. Definitely. So can you clarify what you mean when you say sexually active? Like, what does that include? Because I think that is important for people to hear. Definitely. So to be sexually active, I think one of the things that I've seen before is that people would think sex is just penetrative sex. That's it. But it really isn't. There's so much more. Oral sex counts. Rectal sex counts. Those all are things that you should be tested for. Yeah, great. Thank you so much for clarifying that because I think it's a very, very important point. Okay, so now we've come to our screening and we've brought it up. We're like, okay, doc (laughs) or nurse because like, Nurses can actually do some of have some of these conversations with you. So if you're a little bit more comfortable talking to the nurse first, do it because they they absolutely can um, can help with this. But let's talk about what someone can expect when they're going into a screening. Like you very well put out talk, test and treat or those are the three big parts of the appointment. So talk Us as healthcare providers, we don't ask these questions to make people uncomfortable. We ask them to really get the whole picture and to make sure that we're hitting all the points we need to for this screening. We ask kind of the framework. This is not all that we ask. We definitely make it a conversation, not just yes or no question. Um, But the framework is we ask the five P's of sexual history as listed by the CDC. So these five P's are partners, who do you engage with? Males, females, both. We also need to ask what sexual practices you engage in. Like I said, everything counts, oral, rectal, um, vaginal, all of those, giving and receiving. Prevention of pregnancy, this is a little bit more tailored for females, but um, do you use condoms? Are you on birth control? What are you using to prevent pregnancy if you are trying to do that? Protection from STIs. So this is a huge one, and this is part of both 
talk, test, and treat um, because we ask the simple question of, do you use condoms? Because a lot of people will ask it as a yes or no question. Do you use condoms? Yeah. But does yeah mean all the time, sometimes, or when? So when do you use it? So that's a huge part because I think that's a big gap in education is if you're saying yes, that's all the time. And if you're not, then you are, that's not protected sex. That's unprotected sex. And that's, I'm glad that we are going to hit that point and glad that um, that's being brought up so we can use it as an education point too. The last P is the um, past history of STIs. Um, Just because this is important to know too, then a little deeper, more conversation has to happen about just the treatment if you have had multiple. I think another huge part of this appointment too with your healthcare provider is asking about immunizations. I don't think many people even think that that'll be part of the appointment, but it's a huge part of a prevention. So getting immunizations, making sure you're up to date is a huge part of it too, because we ask about hepatitis B. That's another one that people don't know is an STI. Um, That is very common STI and hepatitis C, very common as well. And we ask about HPV as well, which is a vaccine that people should be getting when they're before they become sexual active. So in their teens, but many, many people don't, and it's not too late to get it. Yeah. Great point. And so I think we can't stress enough that these aren't the most comfortable questions to answer, but they are so important. And it I, it should go without saying, but I'm going to say it. There is no judgment in that room with your healthcare provider. Literally none. There is nothing that you can say that your provider has probably not heard before. Like, and there's, right? It's like, you've heard it all. So you're not going to shock them, surprise them. They're not judging. It's the reason they're asking the questions in the manner that they're asking them is to gather as much information so that you can get the right screenings or the right treatment or what have you. So Again, we know that it's like not the most comfortable line of questioning, but please know that your provider is, you're not going to surprise them (laughs) and, um, and they're not judging you. (laughs) Yeah, right. So um, can you talk a little bit about what STIs are commonly screened for? Like what, what are you looking for in a screening? So every single person gets tested for HIV, syphilis, gonorrhea, and chlamydia. Those are um, the four that we definitely test for every person that comes in for a full screening panel. For HIV and syphilis, those are blood tests. So yeah, you do have to get blood drawn. I know some people, that is some of the, sometimes the point that why people don't want to come in is they're scared of a blood draw. But um, like I said, you can tack it on to any other blood draw you do, any routine screening at your physical and gonorrhea and chlamydia, those are urine tests, urine tests or swab tests. It really just depends on the type of sex that you engage in. So if you engage in anal sex, we'll do a swab of um, the anus. And if you do um, oral sex, then we swab the back of the throat. The two of the most common are definitely gonorrhea and chlamydia. These two, I have seen these all the time. (laughs) These are ones that people even come in asymptomatic, which means not having any symptoms, um, which is very important why we do these screenings is because you can come in like, hey, I just I have a new partner, I just want to get tested. Um, And they do come back positive. And it's normal people can be, like I said, present with no symptoms coming for routine, but we catch it, we treat it. And then that's it. And 
that's over with. <laughs> yeah. So a couple things that you said there that I think are worth highlighting. Um, mm-hmm. So part of part of a regular screening is certainly that the line of questioning. It can be a blood test, a urine test. It could be swabbing. Okay. Nobody, again, none of us like the swabbing, but <laughs> it's important and it needs, and it needs to be done. And it, it's a couple seconds of swabbing mm-hmm. and then you're done. So beyond a screening, if, if you're coming in because there is an issue, you know, a, a doctor may look at the area and, mm-hmm. um, and do an evaluation that way. But so in terms of screening, I think it's important to know that those are the elements. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to point out that you said was that um, the asymptomatic nature, meaning you could have uh, an STI and not know it. So it's also why those regular screenings are, are so important. And then the third point is that it's more common than you think it is. Again, I feel like the sex ed that I went through <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, made it seem like it was very rare. And if you got it, you were, you, you were a a number of things that aren't, aren't, aren't very good, right? You're bad or you're amoral or what have you, right? Definitely. The, but the truth is Mm -hmm. it's, it is, it's widespread. It's common. And if we were talking about it more, I think we would understand how normal it is. Like if, we felt comfortable having conversations in our friend groups about this subject. I think that you would find it's probably more common than you than you think it is. And it is. We know that working in healthcare. It is more common than people think yeah. it is. Um, so beyond routine screen screening, which we said like every if you're sexually active, every three to six months is a kind of a good cadence. Mm-hmm. What are some potential indicators that a person should go and get tested for STIs beyond just routine screening? Yeah, I think for people that are, like I kind of mentioned, dating around, engaging in sexual practices with multiple people, I would, there is no real number. Um, there's no number on how many partners per month or how many partners per year, but just more so if you know you're engaging in sex with multiple people, try to get tested, like I said, three to six months, but that is more the way to look at it is engaging in multiple partners. As you continue to engage multiple partners, three to six months, get tested um, just to make sure that you are um, practicing safe sex practices. Yeah. And, and also if you have symptoms and so, yeah. you know, you might, it, you know your body, mm-hmm. and if there are things that just aren't feeling right, uh, pain, you know, itching, redness, bumps, lumps, that's a great time to go in and talk to your healthcare provider. If for nothing else but p- peace of mind, or if there is something, then you can you can get it treated. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Why do you think people don't bring this up with their healthcare provider? Like, why aren't people talking about this more? I just think there has been, just like how we started this conversation, it was called STD, disease. I think disease, just thinking you have a disease has been something that prevents people from honestly even wanting to know if they have it or not. A lot of people are scared to come in to get tested because of the possibility of it being positive. And I think a huge thing that, I've been trying to do and huge reason why I started this program was to 
make people more comfortable. Well, I personally don't think the doctor is scary, but I know a lot of people do. So couple that with seeing someone that you think is scary, plus talking about something very uncomfortable. It can just not be a good experience for someone. Um, so I think that's a big part of why people don't come in. It's just very uncomfortable. And just the possibility of if I do have it, what do I tell my friends? What do I tell my family? How do I how do I go about my life? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there are there is still um, a fair amount of stigma and shame around being diagnosed with a, you know, an STI when again, in reality, it's so common. And, and I think that in the past, we've been taught that it's this big deal. And that, I mean, again, at least in my experience, you're like, your life is over. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we're, we're told a lot of really messed up messages about sexual health and STIs when in reality it's normal the vast majority are treatable and not you know and not really an ongoing issue and yet we still have trouble talking about this with our healthcare provider and even more so it's hard to talk to your friends and your and most importantly your your partners about it but we can't let shame and stigma stand in the way of that. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> right. So can we talk a little bit about maybe some, maybe some takeaways that our listeners can use to bring this subject up with their healthcare provider or maybe, maybe some safe sex practices that they should be putting in place? Can we just talk a little bit about that? Like we said, to bring it back to the three T's, talk, test, and treat, talk about it with your healthcare provider, talk about it with your partner, um, because sex is two people, sex happens with two people, and we want to make sure that two people are on the same page. Um, and I think a huge thing that also why you should have these appointments and these screenings, our healthcare providers can provide you with the tools to talk to your partner about these things, to talk about the tools and resources with having those uncomfortable conversations. Because sometimes, hey, say some people are totally comfortable with getting routine screening. But if you are coming in, getting tested and doing what you need to do, but you have a partner that's not, then it's a different conversation. I like what you just said about um, the resources that you can get from your healthcare provider. Because I think that's important when you're going to go into a conversation with a partner, you do really want it to be facts-based. And so a healthcare provider can also help you be armed with the right information to share with your partner. Like, this is incredibly common. This is the treatment. Um, I said, you know, whatever, if, if you do end up with an STI, but even for screening, like you can then in a fact-based way, explain to your partner why them going and getting their screening before you're going to engage in, in sexual activity is important. Um, but I love what you said about the healthcare provider really helping you with that. And, and something that, um, that I don't know that we've mentioned yet is mm -hmm. if your healthcare team has like a mental health provider, they also can help you with addressing the stigma and the shame and and how to be assertive in those conversations with your partner. For the nurses that we have doing these appointments, part of the training is being aware and sensitive about these things that, yes, we're talking about 
the medical part of sexually transmitted infection that we're testing for. This is what we're going to do. This is the blood we're taking. But also there really is that mental health aspect of it because sexual health, sexual wellness, anything that has to do with sex, that can be such an uncomfortable thing for someone. You don't know what sex, that word, what that phrase can bring on for someone. So our healthcare providers are trained to be sensitive with that um, and to ensure that when bringing up this uncomfortable topic, we are addressing it in a helpful and not judging way. Right. That's right. So yeah, so that's the talk. So talk about it with your healthcare provider Mm -hmm. and with your partner. And again, if you are struggling with elements of that conversation, especially with your partner, your healthcare provider may actually help you have or, or arm you with, um, with ways to conduct that conversation with your partner. So the second one is test. Yes. Test. That's where we come in. (laughs) That's healthcare providers, all that stuff we talk about, all the information, gather that, decide with our members of what we are going to test for. That way everyone's on the same page for um, what we're going to look out for, test, and then we treat if needed. Um, Treat is essentially results come back. You do have a um, STI. We will treat it and then make sure in three months after that, we'll do a test for cure. So anytime um, we someone does test positive after they complete the course, three months after we test for cure. And we have um, all the medications needed for curing and testing. So we do that and it should come back negative. And when it does, move on and make sure that we're routinely testing and engaging in safe practices as well. A big part of the three T's um, is education. So maybe it should be like TTE, I guess. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Three T's and an E. (laughs) Um, But I think education is a huge part of it too, um, because it's kind of a waste if, okay, you're coming in for your screening and then you, we get, you test, you're negative. And then you don't protect yourself. You don't use condoms. We don't teach you about that. So it just keeps happening. So I think a big part is, education. Um, Your healthcare provider, like I said, can give you tools in educating how to have these conversations, how to prevent these things from happening, um, give you the immunizations that you need, kind of look at everything as a whole. So that's such a great point, because you're right, education is what's going to help you not not be as vulnerable to an, an STI. And also, again, I think education can also help you have a conversation with whoever your healthcare provider, your partner coming from a place of accurate knowledge. Cause there is a whole lot of misinformation and bad information out there on this subject. So when you're able to arm yourself with good information, accurate information and facts, it really helps. Number one, I think it helps take the, some of the shame and stigma away, and it helps you be in a better position to have some of these conversations and to, you know, to, to proceed forward. So um, I'm so glad you brought up the education part because that's <laughs> so important. So T-T-T and an E. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Angela, thank you so much for joining me today. This was such a good and important conversation. And I am uh, just so thrilled that we were able to to talk about it. And hopefully, 
help people feel a little less uncomfortable about this topic. That's the hope. (laughs) But before you go, uh, I would like our listeners to just get to know you a little bit better. So I've got three rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I think so. (laughs) Okay. What are you currently watching or listening to? I'm rewatching actually Manifest because I heard season four is coming out. So watching that. (laughs) Okay. I... And really enjoyed Manifest. It's a really good, really good mystery. Love it. Um, <laughs> what is your guilty pleasure? Definitely bad TV. I watch oh, yeah. Teen Mom, all those reality shows. <laughs> that just brings me to another world. I just love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's a lot of us who really enjoy bad TV. Yep. Um, and what's one thing that you do every day to stay healthy? So actually, um, a new thing that I did for my New Year's resolution is I drink a gallon of water every day now. I know you don't need a gallon of water every day, but it just really makes me feel less bloated, makes me feel happier. Um, And I also have been incorporating more group workout exercises. So I've learned that I work out better in a group than just by myself. So trying to incorporate those things. (laughs) Awesome. So working on your hydration and you're right. Hydration needs differ from person to person, but you chose a goal. So you're working on your hydration Mm -hmm. and you're figuring out what types of activities work best for you. All right. Well done. Well, again, thank you so much, Angela, for, for joining us. This was an awesome conversation. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this too. Anyone 18 or over in the United States can be a Crossover Health member. At Crossover, you stay connected to a care team that works together and gets to know you over time. A doctor, a nurse, a mental health expert, a physical therapist, a chiropractor, a health coach, a fitness coach, and a care navigator. Go to crossoverhealth.com to join the healthcare revolution. If you like our podcast, please follow or subscribe and leave a review. If you have a topic you want us to explore, let us know on Facebook or Instagram at Crossover Health. Until next time, be well.